Welcome to the Conscious Living Podcast, conversations to educate, empower, and enlighten our world. An uplifting and inspiring series of conversations and talks with your host, Jackie Woodside. We are educating minds, empowering lives, and enlightening souls to create a world where love prevails. In this engaging podcast, we deliver exciting, positive, transformative talks and teachings designed to elevate your life. Now, let's join our host, Jackie Woodside, for this week's session. Hi, everybody. Jackie Woodside here, the founder and the host of the Conscious Living Podcast, where we are here to educate, empower, and enlighten our world. Thank you so much for being here for another episode. I think we're upwards of, gosh, towards 80 episodes of this podcast. And if you've been a veteran listener, I want to thank you. And if this is your first time to the show, I want to thank you as well. We are here really on a mission to bring greater clarity and awareness and consciousness, to elevate consciousness on the planet. So I really appreciate that you're one of those people that cares about that. And um, I'm so excited to bring to the Conscious Living stage today someone who is a new dear friend and colleague who I'm so in enjoying collaborating with so much so that I told her after I think our first or second conversation, I feel like we're the same person in different skin. <laughs> so Elle Nagy is from new, living in New Zealand, and she is the founder of a movement that I just love. It's called the, the Unapologetic Female or the Unapologetic Woman. So I am excited to dive into that topic. She's also an expert coach and is writing a new book on self-leadership. So many rich topics to dive into today. Elle, thank you for being here with us on the Conscious Living Podcast. Absolutely, Jackie. And thank you so much for the invitation. Really appreciate it. Yeah. So can you flesh out a little bit more about your background and your, your path to this uh, notion of the unapologetic woman, help our listeners get to know you a little bit better? Oh, absolutely. So I come from a 30-year background in the personal development, mental health space, um, and really found myself at a crossroads a couple of years ago where coaching that I knew didn't feel as though it was fitting for me anymore. And I knew it was time for me to evolve um, the coaching practice into something new. And this really brought me on a discovery of what I call the feminine art of self-leadership, where we once again create sacred space for people to do that deep introspection and for them to reconnect with self, to reconnect with the guidance that is within all of us, taking sovereign responsibility for our personal health and well-being. And then from that space, allowing them to intentionally co-create the legacies that they want to live and out of that really grew the unapologetic reempowerment movement um, which is a space for women to be themselves honor themselves appreciate how different and equal we are to our masculine counterparts to appreciate how natural we are as creators we are the creation creators and the creations um, of this life experience and it's just been the most divine ride of my life truly um, of peeling back my own layers and remembering who I am remembering what I am and remembering how I get to live life consciously love that so you said that the you felt the coaching space didn't quite fit you any longer I, I would love to dive into that and 
and hear where the disconnect was or what didn't feel like it fit any longer? So I come from a very high achieving background. You know, I was that woman who was raising two boys, had my coaching business, um, did Ironman events, was a spinning instructor at the same time and a fitness instructor. I was the energizer bunny who set all the impossible goals, proved everybody wrong that I could achieve anything that I set my mind to. Extraordinarily driven, um, you know, I was making and drinking the Kool-Aid and <laughs> I love that. came to a point in my life where I realized just how masculine I was in my operating. Um, masculine is the way that we are all conditioned at this time. Well, for the older generation anyway, let's just get honest here. We were all raised more about what you mean by masculine. I don't want to assume that I know what you what you mean by that. Absolutely. So we have masculine and feminine energies in everything. The masculine energy has got very distinct characteristics, some of it being that it is singularly focused, some of it being that it is goal driven, some of it being that it has to plan and it has to strategize, it has to solve problems aka coaching yeah then there's feminine energy feminine energy actually doesn't have singular focus she has landscape vision she is the nurturer she is the intuitive she is the one who operates in flow she is very present and co-creates with the masculine so what i've come to discover is that the feminine creates from desire the masculine builds from the motivation to actually either get away from pain or move towards the pleasure of the creation. So masculine and feminine energies feel really different and they work very differently. Now, we all have masculine and feminine energies within us. However, in the patriarchal society that most of us grew up in, it is a masculine model that we are conditioned to follow. So that model is the model of the high achiever. We have to all set goals. We have to all make plans. We have to five-year visions, 10-year visions. We have to be singularly focused. We have to be driven. It's very pain motivated. No pain, no gain. It's, it's very, it honors the masculine to a T. And I'm not making it wrong. And I thoroughly enjoyed it whilst I was in that space. So I'm not making it wrong for anybody. Mm -hmm. However, for my personal journey, what I came to understand is my feminine was completely suppressed. Um, I was at the time in a very codependent relationship with a functioning alcoholic. And so I had to take charge of the family. I had to take charge of the well-being of everybody. I had to be both woman and man in mm. the household for myself. Mm. When I left the marriage, it was, oh, so who is Al as a woman? Um, and in fact, Al is not my birth name. My birth name is Anel. And I was walking, meditating one day and asking my inner self, my higher self, what is my name as my evolved self? Wow. And the name dropped in L. 
Wow, that's powerful. Interesting. And I went home and I said, what is the meaning of Al? And it is she. Right, in French. And in that moment, I knew it was time for me to embrace my feminine. It was time for me to discover the feminine, which is when I really understood that coaching is masculine in its beauty, Mm -hmm. but self-leadership is the feminine art that is ready to start coming through consciousness, not only for women, but I do believe it gets to start with women because it's our natural calibration. It's easier for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is why as women, we can set all the goals. I, I achieved some incredible things in my life. There was never lasting satisfaction. There was never a sense of fulfillment. There was never a sense of I am enough. It was by the time that I've hit the goal, before I even hit the goal, I was setting the next goal, setting the next goal. We all learned as coaches to always have the next goal lined up so that you don't dip. Well, as the feminine, I don't require goals at all. I allow my desires to just naturally occur. I acknowledge them and I live from that space. And everything comes to me instead of me having to chase it or make it or any of that. I I love that distinction. Can you give me some concrete examples of it to make it kind of real and practical? When I think about not having a sense of direction or, you know, goals, I I guess, um, I'm like, you know, I would wake up every day with maybe a different desire. Um, you know, on, on one day, a desire to hop in the car and drive six hours to my summer home or go visit my geriatric mother in upstate New York or or take a day off and go visit my son. I, I mean, you know, or, or, you know, maybe another day write a part of my book and then another day lead a class. But you know, but longer term goals like writing books and leading programs requires planning. I mean, you can't just wake up at 9 a.m. and be like, I want to teach today. Do they? And then teach a class at 12. I, I, I mean. Do they though? So, so I'll give you a perfect example of how the entire unapologetic woman came about. Okay. So I was sitting one day and was like, oh, I'm writing a book. I sat down, I wrote a book on the keys of self-leadership. This was before I've ever heard of the phrase self-leadership or thought about it. I literally sat down, I wrote the book in two weeks. I sent it to four publishers. Three came back and said, please let us publish your book. I was like, oh, okay. No goals. It is what it is. Left it, forgot about it was sitting one day and a message dropped in, start a podcast. And I was like, oh, a podcast? I don't know how to do podcasts. I don't know what I would talk about. And it was just, no, start a podcast and call it The Unapologetic Woman. So I phoned a friend and said, would you like to be a guest on my podcast? And she said, sure, what are we talking about? And I said, I have no idea. Let's just talk and record and share it with the world. And we did. Within 24 hours, 
the Unapologetic Women podcast started. Now, looking back a year later, everything that I have created from the book to the podcast to then the Empowerment magazine to the Friendwork Soiree to the Art of Self-Leadership, none of that was planned. All of that is purely following inspirational action in the moment in complete trust that there is a bigger force at work on my behalf and that everything is working out for me. I remember sitting down one day and going, oh, that's why I wrote the book. <laughs> like I didn't even connect the dots. I've started talking about self-leadership, but because I've written the book two years ago and it's been delayed due to COVID, it was not even on my mind anymore. So I truly follow what is the desire, what is this moment made for, what is my desire in this moment that enhances my best being. So I don't call it well-being anymore, my best being. And when I allow for that to be enough, everything is just coming together. Fascinating. So you heard back from a bunch of publishers. Three of them said, yes, we want to publish your book. Um, that's a beautiful bottle, by the way. Um, yeah, it's very pretty. Um, three of them said, we want to publish your book. Did you respond to them? Oh, yes. Okay, yes. you did. Yes, yes. I signed up with a publisher. Um, I had the privilege of really going through and looking at everything that was available to me. And then from there, choosing the publisher um, that I wanted to partner with. And when I got the fourth reply um, to say that they wouldn't be publishing my book, I actually wrote back and said, oh, my goodness, thank you so much for rejecting my book, because I was starting to think something is wrong because everybody was just saying yes. Even though when I wrote the book, everybody said, you can't get it published. You need a, an agent. Nobody is wanting to, to get people on board, especially from you know New Zealand. And my book is extraordinarily controversial. It's impossible. And I thought, oh, that's really strange because I just wrote the book. And then I went online and looked at who accepts manuscripts send it off to four, got three yeses. And these are not small publishing houses either. You know, one of them is actually the publisher of um, Stephen King. So it was really good publishers. And and I, I was just, uh, this is how easy it gets to be mm -hmm. when we just follow intuition as women and say yes to desires, say yes to the desire right now it doesn't have to have big meaning or like big part of this big preordained picture and i'll tell you what i've come to realize as well jackie the goals that we set is so minuscule in comparison of what is available to us and what is already aligned up for us mm. because consciousness yeah say more about that and so rich inner being has has been with you on this entire journey your entire life journey every time that you have experienced something disappointing or painful you created a desire of what you want instead 
every time that you have experienced something extraordinary and joyful, that goes into the pot as well. So we have got this pot with all our desires put into that and stirred into a cake that tastes different from the ingredients that is put in. Mm -hmm. So when we set goals, we set goals based on the ingredients because that is all that we know. That's all we have access to. We don't have access to the cake, but our inner being does, and so does consciousness. Mm -hmm. So now every time, because I've decided I don't want to set goals, I just want to be consistently and continuously surprised and delighted by the universe I so often find myself in situations and then I go, oh, oh my God, I love this. Would never have thought of this myself, but I love it. This is awesome. That's so great. Because I couldn't have thought yeah. that I become the woman that is thrilled by what I am experiencing in the moment. It's not about what we do. It's not about what we achieve. It's always about who we become. And when you can just allow yourself to become the culmination of your desires and then just enjoy. But there's a trust factor, right? There's a trust factor because the story that happens so often is, Oh, but Al, if I don't have goals, if I don't have direction, I won't achieve anything during the day. I'll go watch my son's game. I'll go visit my mom because that's the desire that I have in the moment. And my response is, but if that's the desire, why would you deny yourself? Do you have no trust that the universe is taking care of everything else? And I'm not saying that I don't do any work. I am inspired to write every day. I've started a second um, podcast called Legacy Unveiled, which is really my writing recorded. I feel inspired to do that every day. It, it lights me up. It's delicious. It's enriching. It's uplifting. So that is a desire within me. And then in the afternoons, I desire to take a nap. <laughs> so I take a nap. Or I go play with the dog. Like I always get to a stage in the day where I go, okay, universe, my work is now done. I've done my part, little Al. You take care of the rest. It's time for Al to play. It's time for Al to take care of Al. So my question is, what enhances my state of being next? If what enhances it is having a conversation, being on a podcast, seeing a client, then I know that is the right thing for me to do. But if the if it's depleting me, then I question it now. I, I don't do pain for gain anymore. I think pain just creates pain. Gain creates more gain. So we get gain for gain. We have to question all the things we say mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. On, on, on habits, the habitual things that we say, and just allow ourselves to softly go, but what if it's not true? <laughs> what? I wrote a piece today. Until your desire for happiness 
is greater than your egotistical need to be right, you will never choose joy because you are too worried about what other people are thinking about you. Wow. Wisdom bomb. Wisdom bomb right there. And to, can you say it again? I know that sounded like an inspired moment. Which it was. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not written in those words. But until, until happiness is more important to you than the egotistical desire to be right. Or approved of or successful. Or you will not live in joy because the tribal fear of judgments, how other people perceive you, is running your system. Yeah. And you stop caring about that when you choose to be the sacred fool, laughing, laughing at yourself, having a good sense of humor, not caring if you fall. Oh, my goodness. We went to a comedian show last night, and the guy said, you know when you're getting old? You know when you're old? It's when you fall and nobody laughs. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> oh, what's that? Exactly. Yeah. I'm I'm an ex-dancer, but for some reason I'm also extraordinarily clumsy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, I create moments to fall. I bike, I fall all the time, I'm lying on the floor, and I laugh. I laugh. I learned to laugh when I fall. And so when I fail, I can laugh about it. Yeah. When I'm hard on myself, I can laugh about it. I go, oh, my God, Al, there you go again. That is so funny, girlfriend. Just get up. Let's dust it off, baby. Let's go. Great. But it takes it takes a sense of humor and it, it takes compassion with yourself. And as high achievers, we are not taught to be compassionate. We are taught to self-criticize. What can I fix? What can I change? What do I need to improve? How can I be better? It is such a freaking hard space to live from. And again, we are taught to love it. Mm. Even while we are doing it, we go, this is great, man. You know what I'm going to do next? I'm going to go climb a mountain, baby. Right. Can you... Can you describe for us what the path was from that kind of, you know, driven, uh, addicted to accomplishment, uh, ultra, no, not ultra marathon, um, uh, Iron Man, uh, yeah. Iron Woman, uh, competitor, um, you know, to this woman who's given by moment to moment desire of trusting the universe and leaning into you know, your desire of what you want and how you're going to express. I mean, I assume that was not like you woke up one day like, oh, screw all this. I'm going to do it differently. So what was that journey like? And and like women who are resonating with this message or men, women or men, people who are resonating with this message, who kind of want to lean into it. What does that look like? So, so here's what I want to say. Okay. I will share my journey. But please do not think you have to blueprint it. Right. This isn't the right journey. It's just your journey. Well, and also when 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 I do share my journey, people kind of reinforce the belief of, 
we have to hit rock bottom. It has to be hard. It has to all be doom and gloom first. And now that I'm on the other side, I actually know it doesn't have to. And so when I share it, I share it with the intention to go, you can bypass all of this, <laughs> which is why I'm always hesitant to share it, right? Because people have such a belief that we that this has to be hard and, and that <laughs> it really doesn't have to. So because I'm a stubborn woman, <laughs> I take a long time to learn things. And I was always been extraordinarily pain resilient. So I would be load the pain, give me more. I can take this. So so understand that I had to, I had to go through a, a delicious process of of so much pain that eventually I surrendered. And I don't want anybody else to think that they have to go through this. But it literally all started. Um, with a birthday probably five years ago now when I was still married um, and my husband at the time was then not only addicted to alcohol but also to online gaming oh wow and, um, he had taken the day off to spend my birthday with me and sat the on the PlayStation the entire day wow. to the point where um, I eventually go, mm, are we at least going to go for lunch? And I heard him saying to the guys, oh, guys, I have to go and at least take this woman for lunch so that she can get off my back. Give me half an hour and I'll be back at the game. And I was crushed. Mm. I was absolutely devastated. So mm. we went to lunch and we came back and I, I eventually thought, oh, I can't be in this house anymore. And I left and I found a field and I just sobbed. I just completely broke down. And I was like, God, universe, whatever is out there, I cannot do this anymore. You have got to show me, tell me, what am I doing wrong? What, what am I missing here? And the message was so clear. Until you get to love yourself, you cannot feel loved and you cannot love wow and i sat with that and thought well for the love of squirrel nuts what do i do with this <laughs> so i made a decision my decision in that moment was the moment i can finally love my husband I will leave him. The moment I could finally love my husband, <clears throat> leave him. Because I knew in that moment that staying in this codependent relationship was not love and that we were both hurting. And so I started working with spiritual coaches, sexual healing coaches, like all of the, the coaches, um, only to discover for the most part, they really didn't know what self-love was mm -hmm. or quite frankly, what love was. So went inwards, did a lot of work, so much work on myself and discovered that everything is energy and every energy has a frequency to it. When we look at consciousness, there are layers of 
frequencies in consciousness. The very bottom layer being the fear layer, which is what we are all conditioned in because of what generations before us went through. And the very top layer is love, divine love. It's frequency. And when I discovered that, I was like, oh, oh, okay. This is why you said I can't feel love and I can't give love because I'm not on the frequency of love. I'm not tapped into love. So I was stuck in the academic love that we are all taught, but not understanding it's a frequency, man. It's a vibration. So when I hooked into that vibration, I finally fell in love with myself and then I left the marriage and I went to him I love you enough to leave you so that changed a lot of things in mm -hmm. my life and then COVID happened shortly after that and my first thought was thank the Pope that I left before COVID because I could not imagine even being stuck in the house with him oh. Oh, could not even imagine. And I had so much compassion for all the, the broken marriage out there that these people were now stuck in a house. And so those who were abusive, were I knew the abuse were going to increase. And that was the first time I actually saw police cars in New Zealand was during lockdown. Um, so I had so much compassion for that. And... I let my world fall apart. I let my world fall apart. I let my, I went off social media. Um, I was still in my original name then. I had 100,000 followers. I was LinkedIn top voice of the year. I closed down everything. Yeah. I let go of my business. I let go of coaching. And I literally allowed my life to, this is going to sound very graphic, drop away like rotten meat off my bones mm. until there was nothing left but my skeleton wow to say that this took faith <laughs> and humbleness would be a gross understatement for somebody who was always extraordinarily successful extraordinarily driven extraordinarily proud to sit in nothing was um, was not an experience that I would wish upon anybody else but I came out on the other side and I was like oh I have nothing less nothing left to lose I now have a choice I can go and do it the way that I've been taught to do it and it would be easy or I could go universe show me a different way let's play let's experiment I've got nothing to lose <laughs> literally nothing to lose yeah let's experiment let's see where we can go from here and then it was literally just following the inspiration like when a thought comes in and I go oh that sounds like fun then I do it and I have been blown away 
by the transformation in my life from a woman with nothing Mm -hmm. to now being in the most divine partnership with a man that just curls my toes every single day, Um, living in the most beautiful space with a successful company, the book that's on its way. I self-published another book in the interim. So proud of the the feedback from that and how that changes people's lives. I went from nothing to bliss. And I think the most extraordinary feedback for me is when I went for a, a massage the other day and the lady said, what do you do? Because I have never worked on a body that is this peaceful. Wow. That's beautiful. What a beautiful affirmation. Yes. I love that. You don't have to go through all of that, though. (laughs) You can just choose to become more playful and go, what if this is all just an experiment? What if I just put on my magician's hat again Mm -hmm. and go into the dungeon and go and put some potions together, write some new spells and just have fun? Uh, it's, it's, it's such, I'm so glad I asked and thank you for your generosity and sharing what you just shared with us. It's really lovely to hear. I forget, Elle, did, did you, do you have children that went through this process with you? I do. I have I two now beautiful grown up men um, who are 21 and 23 that went through the process with me. Um, and quite frankly, they supported me every single step of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm blessed with another two <laughs> that I did first, but that I get to to enjoy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lovely, lovely. Wow. So I mean, I just think about all the things that people say. Well, yeah, but you have to earn a living, or yeah, what about the kids, or you know, all of the all of the places that people allow the fear of the ego to drive the decision making rather than the faith of the essential nature, like what you're talking about. So I'm sure that came up for you. How did you confront the fears of the ego? Yeah, I got to make a living. Yeah, what about the boys? So how did you, or, you know, even others, petty ones, like what will people think of me if I if I walk yeah. away from it all? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So so I think one of the, the critical turning points for me was <laughs> sitting on the floor. I sit on the floor a lot. Um and, and going, why am I not leaving this marriage? Why am I so scared? Because I was ready to, but something wasn't clicking for me. And I go, there, there's a reframe that needs to happen here because this fear is stopping me. And then I thought, Al, you've done some crazy things in your life. Like I, you know, so Iron Man, medically, I... I cannot do it. Medically, they tell me I can't run. So not only did I do Ironman, even though I'm deathly afraid of the water, but then I went and climbed a mountain, ran a mountain race, even though I'm deathly afraid of heights. And I thought, why why is, why am I able to do these crazy things that I have visceral fear for, but I can't do this? And I thought, because I see that as an adventure. Mm-hmm. I see that as an adventure. And then I thought, ah, but what if I just saw this as an adventure then? And that was a game changer for me, right? The moment I was like, 
oh, leaving with nothing <laughs> is an adventure. Then it was interesting for me to leave and to see how I can actually go through the journey. So that was one of my, my reframes that was extraordinarily empowering and really changed the game for me. As for the rest, well, life really supported me in the fear of what will other people think of me um, in terms of I lost all my friends when I left my marriage. Mm. So all of a sudden, there were way less people that I needed to be concerned about in terms of what are they going to think? <laughs> they weren't there anymore. <laughs> they weren't there anymore. Um, I have to I have to make a living. I ran through the process of what is the worst thing that can happen to me if I stopped making a living. Understanding I'm sitting in a foreign country. My family is all still in South Africa. I've got no support with network here. And I allowed myself to run through and experience what it would feel like to lose my house, to become homeless, what it feel like to sleep in my car. Um, what Where could I go sleep in my car? I went and did research on the internet of where can I go and sleep in my car? Wow. And how much would it cost me to live um, out of my car? I went and did the research because I needed boys, to make right? it. Because the boys were still living with you at that time. Yes, but I knew that their father would take them in. Like okay. if I lose everything, okay. I knew their father would take okay. them in. Right. So even though it wasn't ideal, I had to get real with myself of what could happen. Yep. I had to go through the fact that I could die. I could actually run out of food, run out of everything and die. My question to myself was, could I live with that? The reality was that if I didn't mm -hmm. choose that possibility, I would still be in a miserable marriage today. You were dying anyway. I was dead anyway. You were I, dead. Was, <laughs> I was dead. And, and I'm saying, I was married for 20 years. So that was a long time of dying. Yeah. That's a long time of dying. Yeah. My thing was, well, at least if I die of starvation, that would be way quicker than what I have been going through. Right. <laughs> I know that sounds morbid, but it's really not, people. Yeah, it's true. it's about getting real with yourself and then going, but Al, your boys are not going to let you die. Like not even your ex-husband is going to let right. you die. He would probably toss you a bone. <laughs> your parents wouldn't let you die on the streets like there are people who care about you and that gave me the courage to go okay well and the most amazing things started happening I would receive money in my PayPal accounts randomly and somebody would write a note and go God said, I must put this in your account for you. Wow. Never telling anybody my story, yeah, not yeah. sharing a single piece of that. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, that's the exact amount I need to pay the rest of my rent this month. Wow. I sold a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. I realized 
so much around me that I didn't need, yeah. that I sold. Like I made plans. It's not, you know, whatever, whenever there was a situation, it was like, there's something I can do, something I can do. What can I do? Just give me guidance. What can I do? And I would do it. And things just worked out. Mm. It's really, it's just, just a delightful, delightful, I don't know, like story of, of truth principle, story of truth principle. And, um, you know, just an affirmation that life is always unfolding for a higher good. Uh, and if we can really believe that, we can follow our bliss the way that you are describing, following our desire. I love that desire of the Father. Uh, I like, I think that of God, you know, desire, your deepest desires is that which comes from your etheric nature, from your eternal spirit within. And uh, allowing ourselves to express that, pursue that, know that, um, embody that is, it's a, it's a spiritual practice. It's a spiritual practice. So, oh, this everything. is so great. Go ahead. Yeah, everything is a practice. I'll everything. always take it back to the bar. You know, if you are a dancer, you know everything is a practice. No matter how skilled you are, you go back to your plies, you go back to your most basic movements every day. It's a practice. Um, we have forgotten the enjoyment of the practice. Yeah. So true. And when we bring back the enjoyment of the practice for the love of the practice, not for the result we think we're going to get from the practice, then life softens. Yeah. Life, life meets us in a different way. Mm -hmm. And we go, wow, we're not being tested. I no longer believe we'll be being tested. I no longer believe that we have to have pain. I no longer believe that everything has to be hard. I no longer believe that personal development has to be hard. Mm -hmm. I no longer believe we're broken. I believe we are perfect. When we say we're imperfect, compared to what blueprints? Nobody has ever said, well, this is what the perfect woman looks like. Because it's BS. We are perfect. I mean, we were talking, you know, before the, the call about our bodies changing and how I've really had to go, well, my old strategies of starvation and training myself into oblivion is not working anymore, baby. So maybe I need to love my body. Yeah, exactly the way it is. Let's see what, let's see what happens when I love my body. Oh, oh, goodness. I get to wear new clothes. Oh, well, that's a game changer. Now, isn't that? Uh, and it's so much fun. Uh, it's so yeah. much fun. But man, we are taught to push against everything. What people don't understand is the more resistance we create within ourselves, the stronger that which we are resisting is becoming. Yeah. Not, not us. Right? We're not becoming stronger. That which we are resisting is becoming stronger. Please let that be the one thing you take away from today. What are you resisting? That's becoming stronger. Yeah. Beautiful. I, I, you know, being with you, listening to you, 
learning from you is like a breath of fresh air. You know, oh, it is, it is truth principle personified is, is how I think about you and just who you're being in the world. And it's just delightful to know you and to collaborate with you. I know people are going to want to reach out to you. Can you, can you talk about the magazine a little bit? Cause I love, it is stunningly gorgeous. The magazine that you have created. So tell people about that and then how people can reach you. Absolutely. So the Unapologetic Women's Empowerment magazine was also just a, a divine inspiration of you starting a magazine. <laughs> and so I do what I always do. I called my friends and said, hey, do you want to write for my magazine? Um, and she comes out quarterly. And the intention about this magazine is the celebration of really how wonderful we are. So this is not your normal magazine where I'm going to say, this is how you lose the weight, baby. And this is the latest space cream to make you look No, no, enough of that stuff. We are perfect. But what every author does in this magazine, every contributor, is she highlights a piece of wonderment that is within us, especially as women. Now, gentlemen, you're welcome to read it as well. Everything that I do is for men and women. I'm just focusing on the feminine at this time because I historically only worked with men, loved working with men. It's the ladies' time. But so she comes out quarterly. And um, the one that's out at the moment is Life as Art. Oh my goodness, she so is beautiful. just beautiful. Um, I really allowed myself to bring out the artist in myself. And I was blown away. And where can people find the magazine? On my website. So unapologetic-women.com, women singular. Um, There is actually an entire link there to the magazine and the previous issues as well. And you'll have a sense of humor when you read the first one, people. It was, it was a, you know, she gets better and better. So when I look at the first one, I'll go, oh my God. <laughs> it's really, it's a fabulous, it's a fabulous magazine. I can't say enough about it. So um, it's unapologetic-woman.com. Is that, is that right? That's right. Yes. And that's really the best place to reach me. I have um, moved off social media. So always reach out to me, l at unapologetic-women.com. Awesome. I want to have conversations, not followers. Um, And and honestly, I'm just so passionate about people liberating themselves through self-leadership, remembering who they are and having fun with life again, because we are so deserving of it. And for the most part, it's taking all our beliefs and going, "Mm, what if it's not right? Yeah, (laughs) right, right. Exactly right. Be careful not to believe everything you think. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It really is. You know, you you really have to step back and, and choose. Are you listening to higher mind? Are you listening to divine guidance? Or is it pre programmed conditioning that's running my mind? Yeah. And it's a rich and beautiful way to live, Ellen. You are just a stunning, stunning torchbearer and example of uh, living from the inside out. So it is delightful to have you here. Thank you for being our guest this week. Thank you so much for having me, Jackie. Of course. Mm-hmm.